Hey, give more than life point. It is so, so good to be with you all this morning. Uh, we get to gather together and we get to worship the Lord. Uh, let me tell you, friends, that is something to be excited about. Um, also, if you're new here and you're joining us today, maybe you're watching online, I highly encourage you to text the word welcome to the number on the screen. It's 406-219-0314. Uh, follow the prompts, and I promise you're not going to get bombarded with text messages or emails. This is just a way for us to reach out to you, get to say hi, get to welcome you to LifePoint, let you know that we're glad that you're joining us today. Also, there are many opportunities to serve here at LifePoint, many areas of ministry we need volunteers in. Uh, if you go out into this hallway, you will see this connect point wall, and you have a whole bunch of different options uh, and, and opportunities to serve, and we want you to serve where you are gifted. You can also go online to lifepointmt.org serve and fill out a serve application there. Uh, but this morning, we get to continue our series called Mustard Seed Faith. And in this series, we are taking a look at that point where spiritual habits and faith intersect. And throughout this series, we're going to be taking a look at some spiritual habits, maybe some common ones and, and maybe some not so common ones. And we're going to be examining them and looking at how we apply that to our life. And what we're looking at is what mustard seed faith actually looks like. And this morning, we are going to be talking about the spiritual habit of rest. And I know some of you right now, you're looking at your spouse. Amen. <laughs> some of you right now are probably looking at your spouse being like, hey, you better listen up. <laughs> like, he's a workaholic. And maybe there's others of us where we practice rest. You know, we wake up at the crack of noon every day. Um, they're watching online. I'm kidding. I love you guys. But I like sleep. I mean, if, if I have an opportunity to sleep in, I will. Every opportunity I have to sleep in, I will. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, she's the complete opposite. She will wake up at 6 a.m. every single day. Does not matter. Uh, but... For me, my, my spiritual gift is sleep. Um, I can, man, I can sleep through fire alarms. I can sleep through baby screaming. I can sleep through, uh, sleep on rocks. And my wife is like, hey, that's not good that you sleep through everything. And I'm like, Jesus slept through a storm. It's biblical. <laughs> you know, but a lot of the times, we don't think of rest as a spiritual habit. You know, maybe this morning when I said we're talking about the spiritual habit of rest, you were kind of caught off guard. Because, you know, we think, no, spiritual habits are like praying. Spiritual habits are reading my Bible. Spiritual habits are coming to church. But, but rest? You know, rest doesn't seem like a spiritual habit. But here's the thing. Rest is something that God actually modeled for us. God set the pace and the cadence for our life in the, in the very first book of the Bible. And rest was something that God intended for us. That he didn't just tell us that we should rest, but he showed us that we should rest. And, and as Christ followers, we should follow that example. That's powerful. You know, so that's something my son is doing right now. I have a two-year-old son. His name's Levi. So talk about rest. But my son, he follows my example. He wants to be like me. And it's pretty eye-opening to see what he actually thinks of me. Uh, what, what, if, if I put my cell phone on the coffee table, my son will be over there in two seconds, and he'll pick it up and put it to his ear and just start babbling away, walking around the house, because that's what he sees his dad doing. So I'll sit down and tell my son, yeah, son, this is part of daddy's job. You know, daddy needs to be able to talk to people. Another thing he'll do is he'll take a book, and he'll go sit on the couch, and he'll open it up and pretend to read it, 
because that's what he sees his dad doing. And I'll sit down and I'll tell my son, yeah, son, daddy has to read a lot. He has to study a lot. It helps him understand God's word better. Another thing he'll do is he'll take a mega block. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's like a really big Lego. And he'll tip it upside down, pour water into it, and he'll be like, coffee. <laughs> so I'll sit down and I'll tell my son, so, yeah, son, this is also part of daddy's job. Um, <laughs> daddy needs to drink just a ton of coffee to stay going. Um, and, and more recently, my son started calling my wife, babe, because um, that's what he sees his dad doing. He doesn't know what it means, but I find it hilarious. My wife, not so much. Um, but knowing that my son is observing me and he's watching me and he's trying to follow my example, it makes me want to set a good example for him and not just tell him what he should do, but to show him what he should do. And so I, every morning, my wife and I, we, we get up early and we go out on these long walks. And uh, normally my son rides in the stroller, but there's parts where we take him out of the stroller and we want him to walk with us. And there's some times where I'll start running. And my son, he sees daddy running, so he's going to run. But I'll stay like two feet in front of my son uh, because I'm still competitive and I need to show off my athletic prowess to my two-year-old. <laughs> But he just can't keep up, so it frustrates him. So what he does, he goes off to the side of the road and he'll grab rocks and try to put them in my pockets to try to slow daddy down because he wants to do what he sees his dad doing. And he will do everything in his power to do what he sees his dad doing. And here's the thing, I'm imperfect, I'm, I'm flawed, but I want to model good habits for my son. I don't want to just tell him what to do, I want to show him what he should do. Yet think about this, how loving of God to not just tell us that we should rest, but to show us that we should rest. God, God decided to set the pace and the cadence for our life in the very first book of the Bible. And, and the bottom line this morning, that one thing I want us walking away with today, is that when it comes to this, this spiritual habit of rest, is for us to realize that rest time is not wasted time. No, it's worship time. I mean, I, mean, I mean, we need to be intentional about our rest. We need to be intentional about the pace of our lives. We need to take breaks or we will break. Yet oftentimes as Americans, we don't view rest as important. Oftentimes we view, we are willing to sacrifice our health for our success. And we don't view rest as a priority in our life. I mean, rest for a lot of us is like secondary. I mean, even tertiary. Like, rest is something that is not a priority in our life. Yet, here's the thing, friends. God thought rest was important. So if you have your Bibles today, open them up to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2. You can just open up your Bible, go left. If you hit the table of contents, you've gone too far. But this is immediately after God got done creating everything. God was speaking everything into existence. The sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the animals. God spoke everything and it was. And then this is what happens in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Will you join me as we open up in prayer? Father, we are so grateful that you modeled for us rest. And Lord, I pray we follow that example. I pray that we are intentional about our rest, that we don't just view the rest that we work into our lives as a day off, but it is something that is intentional. And Lord, I 
am so grateful for your word. And I pray today as we open up your word and you allow me to speak, as you give me the breath to speak, I pray that you give me the words to speak. And Lord, do not let me say anything that you do not want me to say. And God, we pray that your presence continues to work on our lives and continues to change our hearts. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, you know, I find it kind of funny how we view rest. Uh, you know, especially like it's in our culture as Americans. You know, we work, 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 as that famous song says. And, and, and rest is something that we view as weakness a lot of the times. And we think, you know, no, I'm strong, therefore I don't need to rest. And oftentimes we take pride in our lack of rest. Like very rarely do you walk up to someone and say, you look rested today. <laughs> it doesn't happen. I mean, a lot of times we say the opposite, man. You look tired today. You know, a lot of times we, we don't view rest as important. We view rest as, as, as weakness, and we take pride in our lack of rest. Uh, have you ever heard the person say, I only get three hours of sleep a night? You know, I've, I've trained my body <laughs> to only need three hours of sleep. I, I read some book by some Navy SEAL. You know, I want to be max efficiency. You know, if that's you this morning, you need more rest. Have you ever heard the person who says, I haven't taken a day off in three years? Like, real American hero right there. If that's you this morning, you need more rest. Elon Musk, he's pretty popular. It's hard to not, to not, to not turn on the TV and see him. Uh, but this is something that he tweeted. He said, working 16 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, and people still calling me lucky. And the thing was, so many people retweeted it as if like, they're like, yeah, Elon knows what I'm about. Elon knows what that grind's like. And they retweeted it as if it was a good thing. Like you need more rest. Like God thought it was important enough not to just tell us that we should rest, but to model it for us, to set the example for us. Why? Why does God think rest as important for us? You know, something that's pretty incredible as we examine this creation story in Genesis 1, God is speaking everything into existence. But as we, as we take a look at God's pace and we look at his cadence and, and what God actually speaks into existence, it's actually something pretty incredible here. I mean, if we look at Genesis 1 verse 11, it says, God said, let the land produce vegetation. God is creating everything and he speaks to the land. He says, let the land produce vegetation. Now, this is really important because you can take a tree out of the land, that tree is going to die. That tree needs the land. That land is, is sustaining it. That land's produced it. I mean, the land doesn't really care whether the tree's there or not. The land will still be the land. But God spoke to the land to produce vegetation, and the same thing happens again in verse 20. It says, God said, let the water teem with living creatures. Once again, God spoke to the waters to bring forth living creatures. And it's the same concept. You take the fish out of the sea, that fish is going to die. That fish needs the sea to survive. The sea will still stay the sea. I mean, that sea doesn't really care whether that fish is there or not. But that's, that fish needs the sea because it's sustaining it. And it's the same thing in verse 24. God said, let the land produce living creatures. And something that, that, that is apparent here is God spoke to the sea to sustain the fish. He spoke to the land to sustain the plants and animals. And then something remarkable happens. Look at verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, 
in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God looked to himself to be our sustainer. He didn't, he didn't say land produce, produce humans. No, God said, he looked to himself. He says, I will produce them. I will provide for them. And then immediately after this, God rested. He blessed that day, and it's called the, the Sabbath, this, this day of rest. And, and, and this, is, this is modeled for us in Genesis 1 and 2. That day of rest is to remind us who our sustainer is. God modeled this for us. God modeled rest for us like any good dad would. He didn't just want to tell us it. He showed us it. And as children of God, we follow in his footsteps. He modeled rest. And God thought rest was important enough not to just model it for us, but also command it. I mean, this is something that is found in the Ten Commandments. In in Exodus chapter 20, this is where we'll find the Ten Commandments. In in verse 8, this is what it says. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." And we notice here, it says, you are to take a Sabbath to the Lord your God. The Sabbath is is to the Lord your God. So the rest time that we take is not wasted time. It is worship time. And now why? Why is this important? Because oftentimes we idolize our own efforts. You know, I only get three hours of sleep a night. I haven't taken a day off in, in three years. I work so hard. I built this business. And you notice the beginning of every one of those sentences. I. You know, it's easy to idolize our own efforts and point to our success as if it is based off our own hard work. Now, don't get me wrong. As Christ followers, we should work hard. Like, we should work harder than everyone else. We work as if we're working to the Lord. But don't confuse not taking a break with working hard. Like, rest is something that, that as Christ followers, we should be intentional with because the whole point of rest is for us to recognize that it is God carrying me through this. It is God who is providing for me. It's not my own efforts that sustain me. It's not my own efforts that provide for me. It's the Lord. And we rest in and for the Lord. And and our rest that we take needs to be intentional. It's time for us to reflect and to recall and to see what God is doing in our life. It's not just a day off. Rest is far more than just a day off. I mean, in the same way that fasting is more than just not eating. In the same way where spending time in God's word is more than just reading a book. In the same way where worship is more than just singing a few songs. But it's intentional. And rest needs to be intentional. And I know for a lot of us, we're busy. Like rest is something that, you know, we think of as secondary. You know, we got a bunch of stuff happening in our life. It's hard to work in rest. So maybe for you this morning... The first step is mastering the art of no. Being able to say no to people. Because here's the thing, people can consume your life. Things can consume your life. Addictions can consume your life. And and you feel like you're just so bogged down that you don't even have any time for rest. You know, have you ever 
been so bogged down, you're like, okay, I'll take a vacation, but you still bring your work phone and laptop? And you're like, well, technically I'm on a vacation. You end up needing a vacation from the vacation. And you feel bur burdened down, you feel weighed down, you feel like you're just going through the motions, putting one foot in front of the other, not too sure the next time you will find rest. You see, the rest that the Lord intended for us is not just about taking a vacation because we have vacation days. It is not just sleeping in a little bit because we don't have anything to do tomorrow. But the rest that the Lord intended for us is intentional worship. When we think it's just a day off, that's all it will be to you. You just think it's another vacation, that's, that's all it will be to you. Because you see, the Lord commanded the people of Israel to take a day of rest. And even the religious leaders at that time worked at trying to figure out what rest was. They worked at trying to figure out what rest is. And, and they, they would be like, okay, we're not supposed to work on this day. Well, what classifies as work? You know, like, what are we supposed to do? Can we walk on this day of rest? If we can, how far can we, can we walk? Can, can we tie a knot? Can we carry things on this day of rest? They worked at trying to figure out what rest was. And they miss it. I mean, they miss it. They miss it far. And there, there were debates on, on, well, okay, okay, you can tie a knot if you can tie it with one hand. I mean, because if you can tie it with one hand, then it's not really work. <laughs> there were debates on whether or not a parent could pick up a child on this day of rest. And Jesus shows up on the scene and is like, you guys are completely missing what rest is. Like, rest is not about rules, it's about worship. And Jesus intentionally did things to point people to this reality. In, in John chapter 9, uh, you don't have to turn there, but if you're not familiar with it, I highly encourage you to go read it. We get this incredible encounter. Jesus comes across a man who was born blind. And Jesus walks up to this man, he spits in the ground, and he makes mud. And he puts this mud on the man's eyes and tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And every time I read this story, I always put myself in the shoes of the blind guy. Like, you can imagine, you've never seen, ever. Some guy walks up to you and is like, hey, you want to see again? You're like, yeah. <laughs> you can hear him, like, mixing it, and you're like, oh, okay, wait. But Jesus makes, makes mud with his saliva. He puts it on this man's eyes and tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And as he's washing in the pool of Siloam, he is able to see again, and everyone throws a fit. Everyone throws a fit. Why? Because his miracle happened on the wrong day. They're like, we're going to the Pharisees. Like, come with me. And they weren't so upset about the miracle, but they were upset about how it happened. They asked him, they're like, how can you see again? And he says, a man spat in the ground, made mud, and put it on my eyes. Can't do that. You can't make mud on the Sabbath. If this man was from God, he, he wouldn't have made mud. I mean, Jesus is like, you guys are completely missing it. Yet here's the thing, Jesus made that mud intentionally. Jesus didn't need to make mud to heal a blind man. He chose to. He knew it was the Sabbath. And, and later on in, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus heals a blind man without making mud. I mean, Jesus does these things intentionally to point people to the reality that, that, that rest is not about rules, it's about worship. In John, in John chapter 5, Jesus comes across a, a paralyzed man. And he says, do you want to walk again? And he tells a man to stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Once again, everyone throws a fit because it's the Sabbath. 
And that man can't carry that mat on the Sabbath. So Jesus does this intentionally. He didn't need to tell that man to carry his mat. That man could just be healed, but he intentionally told him to pick up your mat and walk. Why? Because he's pointing people to the reality that rest is about worship. It's not about rules. And we see this from, from the beginning in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Going back to this, the rest that the Lord intended for us is, is for us to stop, to recall, to reflect, to realize that it is God who is sustaining me. It is God who is providing for me. And it's a time to stop and see what God is doing in our life. And, and Jesus is a little bit more blunt with it. Jesus is like, you guys want rest? Come to me, I am rest. I will give you rest. In Matthew chapter 11, if you... If you highlight your Bible, I'm a highlighter. It looks like my son took a Crayola to it. Uh, highlight this. If you're an underliner, underline this. If you memorize it, memorize this. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Look at what Jesus says here. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, come to me. All who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. You know, something that I love about Jesus' invitation here is one, who he invites, but also what he invites them to. Like notice here how Jesus doesn't say, hey, come to me all who have figured it out. <laughs> Come to me, all who have their selves put together. Come to me, all who are, you know, they found their self-worth. Come to me, all who are self-satisfied. Come to me, all who are self-righteous. No, he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Come to me, those who are tired. Anyone feel like that this morning? He says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites us to rest, but notice how he gives this rest. He doesn't say it's by, you know, hey, go check out this new vacation destination. It's not, and hey, hey, go check out this new recliner or this sleeping pill. It's by taking his yoke. And a yoke here in this context is, is interpretation of Scripture. And there was a well-known well -known phrase throughout Jesus' time. It was called the yoke of the law. And this yoke of the law would, would weigh people down. It would burden people. And the teachers of the law had a yoke. And their yoke was, hey, this is how you work at rest. This is how you find rest. It's by working at it. And, and they miss it. They, you know, they would say, you have to do all of these things. You, you can't pick up a kid. You can't tie a knot. You can't make mud. You can't carry a mat. You can't find true rest. And they live as if man was made for the Sabbath and not the Sabbath made for man. Yet Jesus says, come to me. Like that's step one, come to me. Take my yoke and I will give you rest. All who are weary and burdened. You see, Jesus invites people to know life in him. And he doesn't want us to just know life in him. He wants us to live that life in him. Not live a life bound by the yoke of the law, but to live life in Christ. But he doesn't call us to just stay there. He calls us to go and share that life with others that we have found. He calls us to, to go and do this walk with others. And that's what we're all about here at LifePoint. We want people to know, live, and share life in Christ. Because that is where true rest is. 
That is where true rest for our souls ends. So, so, so let me ask you the question. Are, are you so busy building your life that you can't have a day off? Or are you resting in the Lord and letting him build your life? Like, are you the architect of your life? Are you the builder? Are you, are you the laborer of your life? Because here's the thing. Jesus is greater than the Sabbath. In him is rest, and he is life, and he offers that life to you. Because the whole point of the Sabbath was for Israel to focus on God, not for Israel to focus on the Sabbath. Like, they miss it. Because the rest is an opportunity for us to stop, to recall, and to remember God's work in our life. And here's the thing. I'm the type of pastor to tell you that your day off is far more important than your day on. Like that day of rest, that time to stop and to see what God is doing in our life. To celebrate that, to remember it, to recall it, and to see where God's leading us in the future. That is far more important than your job. You know, oftentimes we, we, we have this tendency to think that the most important thing in life is our careers. It's not. I mean, it never was. You might think it is, but it's not. See, that, that, that rest is time for us to stop, to recall, to see. You know, when we spend all of our time focused on our careers, and we're so focused on what we build on our own strength, I mean, it will require just that, your own strength to sustain it, to keep moving forward with it. And I want to invite the worship team up here, and I want to take a look at a psalm. This is Psalm 127, verse 1. Look what the psalmist reminds us of. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Unless the Lord builds it, we labor in vain. I mean, it doesn't matter how hard you work, unless the Lord builds it. And that's why the Lord is intentional about rest and rest for our lives, because it's time for us to stop, to recall, to reflect to see where God is leading us. You know, because oftentimes we get so focused on where we want to go. We get so focused on our path in life. We make all these plans and then we pray that God tags along with them. We wonder why we're so tired. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me first. All who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Because true rest is found in the Lord and the Lord alone. It is not found in ourselves. It's not found in a vacation. It's not found in time off. It's found in the Lord. So let me ask you the question this morning. Are you tired? Because Jesus offers a pretty easy way to prove him wrong here. Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. So if you're tired this morning, take him up on this offer. See if coming to Jesus first provides that rest that your soul is longing for. It's that rest time. And the rest that, that the Lord offers us, the focus of it is not based on our determination. It's based on our dependence. Us coming to the realization that, God, I need you in this. It's not my own efforts that, that get me by. It's not my own efforts that sustain me. It's you. That's why I stop. That's why I rest. So friends, rest easy. Rest hard. Lean into the arms of the one who will guide you, lead you, keep you, sustain you. Lean into the arms of Christ and find 
rest. Will you join me as we close in prayer? Father, we are so grateful that it is you who provides rest. It is you that offers rest. And and Lord, I pray that we are intentional about our rest. For us to realize that, that it's you that is our sustainer. That it's you that is our provider. That it's you that is carrying us through this life. Lord, let us not get so focused up on our hard work or our work ethic, but Lord, let us be focused on you. Lord, let us find true rest in you because you know so many of us in here are tired, that we are burdened, we are weary. Lord, let us find rest in you. Let us live that life in you. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.